0: Welcome to the first episode of The Wake Up Reads. I've um I've been getting a whole lot of requests, probably for a year now, from people saying, hey, I love your articles. When the hell are you going to get this one read? Um, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to bust Guy Swan's balls to get this one read. Yada, yada, yada. And, I mean, the guy... Pun not intended is um is totally swamped with everything he's doing and um and in recent terms or in recent times actually I've had Bitcoin Magazine say hey look you know we should do more with these articles so anyway long story short is me pled music and giggles came up with an idea which is every Wednesday we're gonna release an episode of the Wake Up podcast which is effectively me reading one of my articles from Bitcoin Times or an article that I've read on, sorry, I shouldn't have said Bitcoin Times, I meant Bitcoin Magazine, although I will read, I will be reading Bitcoin Times articles as well. But in general, I'll be doing a read once a week of an article that I find either profoundly important or something that I've written that people don't have time to read because we're all so sort of slammed with a million things from every different direction these days. So, as I was sitting there thinking about which article we should actually kick off, I mean, there's, there's so many. I could go back to the whole why Bitcoin matters. Um, I could pick up, you know, maybe Utopian dystopias from uh, the second edition of the Bitcoin Times, which was super popular. Um, I was thinking of doing the democracy series. So there's a whole there's a whole slew of them, but I think the one that I'm going to start with is sort of the the brand that has become synonymous with me in many ways. Um, which, I mean, had its genesis in in Francis, really, is The Remnant. Now, this was a three-part series that I wrote. And it started off with the first and the original called Bitcoiners are the remnant, the masses don't matter. And it it definitely... It caused some rage quits. Um, it caused a bit of a fire. People, you know, I was called Klaus Schwab's spawn, like all sorts of shit. It was fucking hilarious. But um, it then inspired a whole series of other articles following that, uh, inspired a series of articles by other people also using that term, the remnant. So I think that's probably a good place for us to start, which means I'll try to. Each of the articles in succession, so that way over the next three weeks, you guys will hear the Remnant Part One, Remnant Part Two, and Remnant Part Three uh, in the original article form that they are. Let me know what you all think about this format. Uh, if you like the idea of wake up reads once a week, um, every Wednesday, and if it's of interest, we'll uh, we'll continue doing this. We're gonna we're gonna play with a few things as well. Maybe some background music maybe like a visual or something like that on youtube so let us once again know your feedback and what you think and yeah we're going to try and make this useful so anyway without further ado let's uh let's kick into this first read bitcoiners are the remnant the masses don't matter it was originally published on september the 21st with bitcoin magazine the link is in the article itself, which will be in the show notes. And I'll kick off by saying I recently read Isaiah's Job by Albert J. Nock. It's an essay that inspired generations of anarcho capitalists and libertarians, such as Rothbard and Rand. So if you've not read it yet, do so now or bookmark it for later. And I've got a link in here to it. In fact, as part of the series, I'll probably go and read Isaiah's Job and add that to this as an episode for one of the weeks. I was introduced to this essay by Francis Pulio at Bitcoin 2021 on a table with Russell O'Kung, Madex, Matt Snow, and a few others. I finally, got, I finally got around to reading it two weeks ago. This was at the time I wrote this, obviously. But it struck such a chord with me that I felt like I'd known it from past life. The piece is dense, eloquent, and strikes right at the heart of what one would call the remnant. And those who listen to it know it instinctively, but they may not know how to put it into words. You may have heard the word remnant being used by Francis, myself, or others. It's how those who matter have been described by God to Isaiah. And you'll find the reference not only in the Bible, but in meaningful literature from across the ages. This piece is my homage to it. The modern day remnant are the Bitcoiners. It is they who matter. It is they who will deliver the mindless masses from the jaws of hell, servitude, and despair. And they will do it not only without the support of the masses, who are are all too ready to enslave themselves, but literally despite them. Bitcoiners, I dedicate this to you. Wherever you are, whoever you are, if you're reading this, you know who you are. Selective Adoption Before I get into my overview of Isaiah's job, I want to hopefully challenge you. Few phrases, ideas, or statements enrage me more than the following. Mass adoption, equality, it's for everyone, we're all in this together, we are all one. I don't need to remind you of the last two because you see them plastered all over the media in every form and drilled into your brain via a never-ending stream of Orwellian messages on repeat at airports, shopping centers, train stations, and public venues. Despite their seemingly innocuous injunction, we know all too well what they mean and where they lead. We see the ramifications all around us. Mindless zombies walking alone in the park or driving solo while wearing face diapers, led by maniacal authoritarians who want to inject first and study the long-term effects later. The idiocy of equality I've bashed in the past and you can read more on that in an article entitled Equality Breeds Conformity. You can find that on my Medium. The one, the one I want to point my verbal shotgun at today is the phrase that's driven me crazy for years now. We must achieve mass adoption. I wrote an essay a couple of years ago called Do Not Buy Bitcoin. And in there, I mentioned the idea of selective adoption. In fact, I've spoken about this multiple times at conferences and meetups. To a mixture of either strong support and hesitant agreement, um, as if what I said was blasphemy. You know, People quoting, did he just say that? Is this right? What about all the unbanked people? So let me be clear and blunt. Mass adoption is never the goal for anything transformative because the opinion or behavior of the masses does not matter. The masses, aka the herd, by definition, come last. They do not set the trend, but follow it. They are the laggards. What they want is not important because they either have no idea what that is, or they simply default to what is available. Henry Ford famously said, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses." End quote. Today we have the calendar, the engine, the computer, and mechanical flight thanks to remnants such as Galileo, Newton, Einstein, and Niels Bohr. The same went for Nikola Tesla, John D Rockefeller, and Steve Jobs. They all changed the world because they did not build for the masses. They built for the future and those who could see that future, the remnant. The masses came later, and by that point, the remnant was building and converging around what would come next. So here's my contention. For Bitcoin or any other grand invention, that matter. To succeed, it needs selective adoption. It needs to be built for the game changers, for the revolutionaries, for the 1%, for the trendsetters, for the leaders, and for the remnant. We are the ones who make it into a default because we have the courage to buck the trend. If we depend on the masses, the default would be gulags, and they'd be happy with their lot. I've got an image here then of the classic Danish... Uh, member of parliament, I think her name was Ida Ayukan, can't pronounce it, but it's that empty looking soulless woman who says, Welcome to 2030. I have nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. I mean, Jesus, these guys have a really bad marketing department. Moving along, yes, Bitcoin is for everybody, but everybody will not come because they understand how or why it exists, they'll come because it's the only choice left. They'll come once we've already won and when truth has prevailed. So, have I challenged you a little? Have I perhaps robbed you the wrong way? Are there maybe any cracks in that mass adoption message you've heard over and over and over again? I hope so, because what follows is why the above is not just an opinion, but a fact of life. Thank you once again to Francis for the intro to this essay. And of course, Albert J. Nock for writing it. May he rest in peace. An homage to Albert J. Nock. The following contains excerpts from Isaiah's job and commentary by yours truly. Quote, the official class and their intelligentsia will turn up their noses at you and the masses will not even listen. They will all Keep on in their own ways until they carry everything down to destruction, and you will probably be lucky if you get out with your life." End quote. Has a better paragraph describing modern society versus Bitcoiners ever been written? I mean, for 12 years, Bitcoiners have been laughed at, not just by the mainstream, but by blockchainers, shitcoiners, no coiners, the media, governments, the intelligentsia, and even so-called freedom fighters like that fraud Chris Skye. And now, against the backdrop of a world genuinely going to hell, we're fighting to build an Ozark so that the remnant can get out with their lives and rebuild. Quote, there is a remnant there that you know nothing about. They're obscure, unorganized, inarticulate, each one rubbing along as best as he can. They need to be encouraged and braced up because when everything has gone completely to the dogs, they are the ones who will come back and build up a new society. And meanwhile, your preaching will reassure them and keep them hanging on. Your job is to take care of the remnant. So be off now and set about it. End quote. When I'm asked, why do you write? Or why do you speak out? Or why do you run a Bitcoin-only company? You make so much more money by listing insert shitcoin. The above quote and the below quote, which I'll go to next, are why. In fact, whether Bitcoiners know it or not, this is deep inside all of them. We are the remnant, and we know that when we speak, there are those who will listen. Yes, I'm talking to you right now. Quote, The line of differentiation between the masses and the remnant is set invariably by quality, not by a circumstance. The remnant are those who by force of intellect are able to apprehend these principles and by force of character are able to at least measurably to cleave to them. The masses are those who are unable to do either. End quote. For every one remnant who gets it, there are tens of thousands of masses who don't. And whether it's more nature or more nurture, it doesn't matter because the precise blend the precise blend is impossible to know what counts is that one in every 10 or 100,000 will always rise above the rest the midwit meme is the modern representation of the above and then i've got that classic meme of the midwit in the middle of the bell curve the iq bell curve mm-hmm. with the master on the right hand side and the pleb on the left hand side it's classic P.S. If you're feeling good reading this, you are probably on the tails. If you're feeling offended, you're probably in the centre. Obviously referring to the diagram. Quote, his first, last, and only thought is of mass acceptance and mass approval. His great care is to put his doctrine in such shape as will capture the masses' attention and interest. The main trouble with all of this is its reaction upon the mission itself. It necessitates an opportunist sophistication of one's doctrine, which profoundly alters its character and reduces it to a mere placebo. If a writer, you aim at getting many readers. If a publisher, many purchasers. If a philosopher, many disciples. If a reformer, many converts. If a musician, many auditors, and so on. But as we see on all sides. In the realization of these several desires, the prophetic message is so heavily adulterated with trivialities in every instance that its effect on the masses is merely to harden them in their sins. Meanwhile, the remnant, aware of this adulteration and of the desires that prompt it, turn their backs on the prophet and will have nothing to do with him or his message. End quote. The shitcoiner, the blockchainer. The VC trying to sell you the next pre-mined pump and dump wants to create a message for the masses. Diluted, ephemeral, miasmic, vague, vanilla, and lost in the ether of platitudes heard daily from the politically correct intelligentsia, the masses have been brainwashed by. In the same way that Bitcoin does not change under the pressure of a Roger Ver who wants bigger blocks for his vision of a base layer payments network, i.e. a slower, more broken variant of PayPal, a Bitcoiner. Does not look to skew his message for mass approval or to sound nice such that he can be more accepted by the government or the academics or the masses yes bitcoin is for everyone and yes bitcoin bitcoiners can come from any and all walks of life but the purity of the message and the incorruptibility that is bitcoin never wavers it never dilutes that is why many have likened Bitcoin to an objective truth. You cannot dilute the truth because it becomes a lie. And when it becomes a lie, you can only fool the masses, not the remnant. Quote, Isaiah, on the other hand, worked under no such disabilities. He preached to the masses only in the sense that he preached publicly. Anyone who liked might listen. Anyone who liked might pass. He knew that the remnant would listen And knowing also that nothing was to be expected of the masses under any circumstance, he made no specific appeal to them, did not accommodate his message to their measure in any way, and did not care two straws whether they heeded it or not. As a modern publisher might put it, he was not worrying about circulation or about advertising. Hence, with all such obsessions quite out of the way, he was in a position to do his level best without fear or favour and answerable only to his August boss, end quote. Forgive me, not end quote. The remnant, on the other hand, want only the best you have, whatever that may be. Give them that and they are satisfied. You have nothing more to worry about. The profit of the American masses must aim consciously at the lowest common denominator of intellect, taste and character among 120 million people. And this is a distressing task. The best you are, the best you have, and the best you can be. This is not only what the remnant will produce, but what the remnant will demand. It's similar to just focusing on accumulating Bitcoin while you work on what you're good at. The modern fiat world we live in, where incentives are broken at every level, fools the masses into thinking they must invest to keep up with inflation, catch the next shitcoin pump before it dumps, Watch the news to keep up with mindless affairs of the world. Get likes to feel validated. Take photos and share your private life with the world so you can keep up with the Joneses and follow fake celebrities as if they matter. It's all noise, and it all comes from a place of internal lack, a feeling that you might miss out or that you're not enough, so you try hard to be something that you're not. Bitcoin is signal, and much like the truth, it is a source of deep fulfillment. The bitcoiner goes about one's business secure in the knowledge that the product of their sacred labor is not dependent upon the flimsy, flimsy promise of man, but rooted in the fundamental laws of the universe. They are the humans who don't have to pretend. Quote, What chiefly makes it so, I think, is that in any given society, the remnant are so largely an unknown quantity. You do not know, and will never know, more than two things about them. First, that they exist. Second, that they will find you. Except for these two certainties, working for the remnant means working in impenetrable darkness." This excerpt reminds me of the movie Fight Club, and once again reminds me of Bitcoin as a group of people. We have infiltrated every layer of society. We signal this in subtle ways that only other Bitcoiners would appreciate. And I've got a quote here from Tyler Durden. The people you are after are the people you depend on. We cook your meals. We haul your trash. We connect your calls. We drive your ambulances. We guard you while you sleep. Do not fuck with us. So if at times you feel alone, remember that there are others just like you out there. We are everywhere, all the time. And just like an idea, we cannot be stopped. Quote, When Elijah escaped by the skin of his teeth, believing he was the final remnant, the Lord informed him. And as for your figures on the remnant, he said, I don't mind telling you, there are 7,000 of them back there in Israel, and it seems you have not heard of, but you may take my word for it that they are. A remnant of 7,000 out of a million is a highly encouraging percentage for any profit." End quote. As I said earlier, for every one remnant, there are 100,000 of the masses. But just as importantly, when you think you're the only one, remember there are 7,000 back there who you've not yet heard of. They exist and they will find you so long as you remain true. Quote, The other certainty which the prophet of the remnant may always have is that the remnant will find him he may rely on that with absolute assurance they will find him without his doing anything about it in fact if he tries to do anything about it he's pretty sure to put them off he does not need to advertise for them nor resort to any schemes to publicly get their attention end quote no group of people exist on earth that have more consistently and successfully called out frauds scammers LARPers and idiots from all walks of life, some of my favorite Bitcoiners in this regard, are Adida Bob, Francis Puglia, Seyfried Inamos, John Cavallo and Giacomo Zucker. Contrast them to the many influencers out there spewing the same old artificial beyond meat manure about mass adoption and building followers and trying to make it accessible for everyone. Fuck that. It's disgusting. The former is organic, the latter is fiat. A Bitcoiner is allergic to bullshit in the same way the body is allergic to the fake foods designed for the masses. As a Bitcoiner, diluting your message and mission to appeal to the masses is the greatest fraud you can commit. It's the pathway to to emptiness, to regret, and to deep meaninglessness. Into the abyss of the masses. Those who want the best for you are by definition those who demand the best from you. These are your true friends. These are your community. These are the remnant. In order to be among them, you must be the best and most honest version of yourself. There is no greater aspiration in life. Quote, If, for example, you're a writer or a speaker or a preacher, you put forth an idea which lodges in the umberwisten of a casual member of the remnant and sticks fast there. For some time it is inert, then it begins to fret and fester until presently, it invades the man's conscious mind, and, as one might say, corrupts it. Meanwhile, he has quite forgotten how he came by the idea in the first instance, and even perhaps thinks he has invented it. And in those circumstances, the most interesting thing of all is that you never know what pressure of that idea will make him do. End quote. Ever wonder why we all seem to converge into such profound truths separately, individually, but collectively? Bitcoiners plant seeds. We write code, we produce content, we discuss ideas, and we remain committed to truth and first principles. As we do this, we, don't, we not only plant seeds in others' minds, but we create fertile ground for seeds of truth to grow in ours. This is part of the reward for the path we must walk. Albert J. Knox's piece is truly one of the all-time greats. and You can see why it helped shape the thinking of greats like Rothbard. I can only hope I've done it justice above. I'd also like to add that while it's profound, its essence is not entirely unique. You've seen, heard, or read the same kind of message in great speeches, powerful music, and texts that have shaped humanity throughout history. The remnant have always been present, in some capacity. All the great stories were written about them. The Great Stories There is a reason why the greatest stories are those in which a hero, or group of heroes, prevail against insurmountable odds. There is a reason why the Bible is full of stories in which God speaks with a remnant. Example Noah, so he could build an ark, Moses to Mount Sinai, etc. There is a reason why Homer wrote of Odysseus and not of the forgotten soldiers in the army. There is a reason why we have zombie movies where the protagonists fight for survival amongst the hordes of mindless running rampant through the streets. There's a reason why apocalyptic movies show a world engulfed in chaos with millions slain. While the protagonists not only escape and survive but often discover a way to thrive. There is a reason why Morpheus was looking for Neo in the Matrix and why the construct was developed. And a quote from Morpheus in the Matrix follows, a very famous one. The Matrix is a system, Neo. That system is our enemy. when you're inside, You look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system, that they will fight to protect it. These people, these masses, they are everywhere. They make up the construct, but they are not players in the game. They are like the background, always there in some shape or form. At best, they don't really matter. And at worst, they make up elements of a miasmic, ephemeral construct, which the remnant must rebel against. Inertia. The masses resemble inertia, the dumb, deaf, blind default that will not change unless a new force is applied. They are the 80% of the proto distribution that make 20% of the difference. The remnant of the foreground, the focal point, the tip of the spear, the force that initiates and redirects the inertia, the 20% that makes 80% of the difference. This might sound harsh to some, but it's like gravity. Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. It's reality. You can either use it or lie to yourself and walk off the cliff. Instead, one must make peace with the facts. To do so, Realize that for there to be a 20%, there must be an 80%. There must be a contrast, or as Alan Watts would say, the foreground exists because there is a background. Inertia exists in the background, but it is downstream of the initiating force. The masses must exist for there to be a remnant. They have their place, as much as the remnant do. The only question is, who are you and what role do you play in the grand game of life? Democracy, a minor detour, but very related, is the idea of democracy, a form of rule, supposedly for and by the masses. The following image comes to mind immediately, and I've got the classic uh, meme of four Romans beating one guy, and it says, four out of five citizens love democracy. I find democracy abhorrent, and it's frustrating that the source of human flourishing and progress, i.e. free exchange, property rights, and individual ingenuity or productivity has been conflated with democratic rule. The reality is far harsher. Democracy is more accurately the parasite which has benefited from the prosperity of free markets and continued to leach resources, capacity, and energy alongside human flourishing. We're only now seeing the ramifications of it. Sophisticated theft. Democracy emerged in the West as a reaction by the masses to the prosperity created by the free markets of the remnant. The rising tide lifted all the boats, and with it came a new wave of capital that the parasitic masses could feed on. Hence, they created, rather mindlessly, a more sophisticated way of stealing from people. The idea? Give the remnant enough space to innovate and produce, and then just take all their shit after the fact. The way of the masses is always a tragedy of the commons. Democracies create legal, Public monopolies run by popularity contest winners with no skin in the game. They appeal to and always devolve into rule of the masses where morality and the consequences of stupidity are socialized and often carried or paid for by the productive members of society. The sales pitch sounds nicer on the surface, but in reality it's a much greater burden on society because A, it has the capacity to last, and B, it empowers the masses to think that they're somehow in charge while they proceed to blindly obey there's a quote here by Primo Levi, quote, Monsters exist, but they are far too few in number to be truly dangerous. The most dangerous monsters are ordinary men and women ready to believe without asking questions, end quote. Monarchies are at least run by hereditary title holders with skin in the game, hence why they can fail or correct much faster. I believe Bitcoin will usher in a new age of natural competent elites, many of whom would be considered royal in the classical sense. Anarchy is the realm of the remnant. The idea that society is voluntary, fragmented, and localized, where people make decisions for themselves or in groups built on common values. Alas, democracy is a topic for a future peace. For now, Osho and his short, brutally hilarious take on democracy can have the final word. Because democracy basically means government by the people, of the people, for the people. But the people are retarded. So let us say, government by the retarded For the returnage <laughs> of the retarded, Speaking to the remnant. In the beginning of this piece, I mentioned that I was not aware of the remnant terminology until I had met Francis, and did not appreciate its meaning until I would read Isaiah's job. In saying that, I seem to have understood its essence somewhere deep inside of me. Looking back on the following two pieces from 2020 and 2019, I can literally see myself grasping for this idea and searching for the words. Those two pieces were Do Not Buy Bitcoin, which will be in the show notes, and In Support of the Elite, which will also be in the show notes. This is likely the same for you, reading this now. Yes, you. If you feel as I feel, and if you see the world as I see it, you two have felt this in your bones. You two are part of the remnant. You may not have had words for it, but the feeling has been there all along. It's once again Morpheus reaching out to Neo. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. That there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving It is this feeling that has brought you to me. The blue pill is for the masses. The red pill is exactly the one a remnant would seek out and take. In fact, they are the only ones who would actually hear the call while the masses remain. Bitcoiners are heeding that call today. Bitcoiners are the remnant. In closing, Bitcoin is for the remnant, crypto is for the masses. The masses are generally on the wrong side of history because of the madness inherent in crowds. They only find themselves right when it's the default position, after the truth forged forth by the remnant finally prevails. By the time they figure out what's happened, the trend is over and the upside is gone. This is why the masses don't, never have, and never will make a difference, nor really matter. By the time they're all finally using Bitcoin in the same way we breathe oxygen, The remnant will be building cities and citadels, terraforming new lands, unlocking intergalactic energy and inventing cosmic teleportation. The remnant are the 20% that make possible the 80% in the Pareto distribution. And don't fret, despite my tone, this is a story of hope for all. The masses will always benefit in the end. Remember that Neo saved all of Zion, Tesla lit up the world, and Satoshi has delivered us energy money. Just because I don't care for what the masses have to say, doesn't mean I don't care for making the world a better place. In the end, they'll get the piece of the pie. So long as we remain true and build Bitcoin for the remnant. But if we try to build it for the masses, if we dilute our message and our mission to make it palatable for them, we will miss our chance and send the world directly to hell. So stay true, take on the often thankless job as a prophet of the remnant, for the remnant shall prevail so long as an existence exists. The dark mass of the masses cannot eliminate the light, no matter how vast, menacing, and omnipresent it is. Thank you for listening, and I sincerely hope you found value in trading your time for doing so. There'll be loads more to come. If you enjoyed this, and if you like the work, have a read of the article itself. Maybe you enjoy reading it and having your own voice in your own head. I'll be releasing, I guess, part two of the Remnant series next week. Um, I would absolutely love people's feedback on this um, to see if they like the style, if they like the tone, the pace. I mean, this is the first episode, so I assume it's going to improve and get better as time goes by. Um, definitely give me some feedback on whether you like it with some music in the background or not. Um what we do with the quotes and intertwining some other voices in here. Yeah, so a couple last things really quickly actually, is um, we are obviously now on Breeze and on Fountain. So these are the value for value apps. Check us out on there, stream some sets. Like long-term, what we wanna do is we wanna avoid the necessity to have sponsors. Like me and the boys put a lot of work into making This content is available and accessible as possible. We may need to go down the sponsors route, which if we do, we're obviously going to pick Bitcoin and other companies. But if it's possible to avoid that and we can just stream stats, by all means support us, send this out, pass it around and um, be a part of what we're building here. And hopefully educating the remnant on Bitcoin and liberty philosophy responsibility, consequence, and all of the good things that we discussed in the podcast. So thank you once again. I'm going to shut up now and leave you to the rest of the day. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Wake Up Podcast.